I don't know the lyrics. You know, is everybody trying to figure out what that is? I know something's going on that I haven't approved, but either way. Anyways, Prince, give it up for the band. There's a few people that know what it is. Thank you for honouring Jesus with your gifts. We love them. I love our church. Who loves Unihill Church? I am amped about this morning. Do you know what gets me amped about preaching is when I use props. Check it out, a $15 boat from Kmart. That is a bargain. If you would like a boat after the service today, come and see me. Um, This is going to make sense um, as we go. You know, I've only ever been fishing once in my life. Is is James Carney in the room? Do you want to just set up my fishing rod? I got this also from Kmart for $15. Um, This was what I bought, Jai. I upgraded to the $30 one because you told me to. Um, It's portable, man. That's why I brought that one. You figure it out because I forgot to open it up. I want to talk this morning from the subject... It's better to be in the house. Who agrees they like better? Give me a wave. I love better. I absolutely am all about the better. I remember growing up, being married at a very young age. April and I did not have a lot of money. So we would go out to restaurants that we could afford. And who knows that when you have a budget, For a restaurant, that generally correlates with better. Can anybody agree with that so far? It's not $2 sushi, it's something a bit nicer. We went to the conservatory at Crowns. Anybody ever been there before? Man, I know I preached on it about a couple years ago, the week after we came, but I'll never forget walking up to the buffet and seeing a guy grab a whole lobster on his plate, a whole brie of cheese and a whole block of bread and walk away. I said, this is better. What about going to a wedding with your spouse? Has anybody ever been at a wedding with a 50-50 drop? And the moment your plate lands, your wife goes, yours is better. Has anybody ever been around people that are into cards and and they say that Ford are better than Holden? Who agrees? Who says they're lying? I'm with either one of you, I don't care. There's always a better. The burgers are better at truth. I worked there. My first job at Hungry Jack's. Started there 14 and nine months on a mighty $4.18 an hour. The burgers were better because they compensated for the poor pay. It's better to be found than lost. Who's ever been lost? It's far better to know where you're going. Has anybody ever been to a movie alone and it's been phenomenal and you go to share it with someone and no one's there? It's better. People that go with me think it's better without me. Geordie with the loudest laugh in the cinema. And we noticed that we split the Wakelands up in the front row. I like that. Hey, I just want to let you know, if anybody wants to ask, why is it all the young people at the front? I have to beg people to sit in the front row. So if you can beat them next week, that would be better. Just saying, if you would like. You can move to the side. You've got years. You'll be old. They'll be gone. You can sit there then. Better. Better. Next week. You know that during the week, I don't fall on my knees before God and as the leader of this community pray, Father, give them second best. 
I don't pray, Lord, give them just okay. I say, Father, give them better. Father, give them more. As they pursue you, Father, as they get to know you, Father, as they deepen in their relationship and mature in their relationship, I know that you have better waiting for them. A better future for your children. A better future for your personal lives. A better future for your families and your spouse. I love that when you look in Scripture, we read things like what it says in Isaiah 41.10. It says this, Fear not, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed. I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my victorious right hand. As I paraphrased that, I looked at it and I said, you know what, God says, don't, don't be troubled. I'm on your side. I'll give you strength. I've already won and you're with me. What God says is, through Jesus, he has better for you. Do you know that if I had $50 in this hand and $20 in this hand, I'd have $70. That's deep for you this morning, but that's not what I was going to say. What I'm saying is that you would pick the 50. Why? Because it's better. There's more opportunity for you to do more things. The meaning of better is more desirable, satisfactory or effective. And the Bible talks about it. If you guys turn with me to Psalm 84. I love Psalm 84. Uh, this is one of quite a few psalms that they call the Psalms of Zion. They're written uh, by a group of people called the Sons of Korah. And, and what this was about, it's about the presence of God in the Jerusalem temple. Because that's where the presence of God was. Now we know today this. We know that today a relationship with Jesus Christ equals the ability to have God's presence in your life. But back then when we're reading this scripture, it was about people that would go on a journey. They'd walk through life and, and they're on this pilgrimage to the presence of God found in the temple in Jerusalem. And from that, from that journey, from that desire to be in God's presence, they write Psalms like this, Psalm 84. I believe it'll be on the screen if you don't have your Bibles. How lovely is your dwelling place, Lord Almighty. My soul yearns, even faints for the courts of the Lord. This is the NIV. My heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. Even the sparrow has found a home and the swallow a nest for herself where she may hear her young, a place near your altar. Lord Almighty, my King and my God, blessed are those who dwell in your house. They are ever praising you. Blessed are those whose strength is in you, whose hearts are set on pilgrimage. As they pass through the valley of Baca, they make it a place of springs. The autumn's rains also cover it with pools. They go from strength to strength till each appear before God in Zion. Hear my prayer, Lord God Almighty, listen to me. God of Jacob, look at our shield. That's Jesus. Oh God, look favour on your anointed one once again. That's Jesus. Better is one day in your courts. Better 
is one day in your courts better than a thousand elsewhere. I would rather be the doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of the wicked. For the Lord God is a sun and shield. That, that's uh, determining protection and, and glory. And the Lord bestows His favour and honour in interpretation. That's like the glorious glory. No good thing He withholds from those who walk, whose walk is blameless. Lord Almighty, blessed is the one who trusts in you. Dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you, Lord, that better is living in your house. Father, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Who wants better? Better is one day in your house. You know, what they're talking about as they paint the picture of that description is they're saying, far better is it to land in the presence of God than the whole journey that we had to go on to be there. We are on the journey of life. And how good is it when you can hit pause on life and enter the house of God? I love that what this paints is many, many different things. You see in verse 2, it, it talks about that my, my soul yearns. There's a longing. There's a desire. And from that desire to pursue God's presence, His blessing flows. Because in the pursuit of God's presence, you push aside anything else that gets in the way of that. Because there's a longing and a desire to be in the house of God. I love the fact that it says those that, that, that are in that pursuit, that are on that journey, go from strength to strength. They're blessed. God strengthens them. He upholds them. Why? Because He wants you to pursue His presence. But it lands. For me, where it says better is even a moment in the presence of God, gathered with community than anything else. Better in the house. So as I thought about it, I began to write lists of why for me it's better in the spiritual arena, it's better in the practical arena, why I pray that for you, why Paul talks about in the Bible, don't put off gathering together, why? Well, the church is a great place, not the only place, but a great place to be in His presence to remember our Lord and Saviour Jesus, to reflect on His grace and mercy and pursue with desire relationship with Him. But you know, even on a whole another level, practically, church helps us to connect with God, to connect with your spouse and children to find God in our mess and trials, to connect with others who want to pray and journey and do life with you and encourage you. It helps you to give bad attitudes perspective and to humble yourself before God. Church helps you to be still. The house helps you to forget about what you've come for. Forget about what's going on Monday to Friday to be still. It's blessed. It shows God's your priority. It helps keep you active in your faith. It challenges you to grow. Church is a better place to walk with God for your development than anywhere else. 
and God's blessing flows from it. Do you know, I was sent a devotion by someone in our community this week that for me, it absolutely spoke a word in season to right where we are at uh, in church. Let me read you the devotion. It's called Making the Better Choice. It starts off with talking about that church is more about your future than your past, which makes sense to me because my past was my past and now I've met Jesus and now I'm joining a community of like-minded believers in order to be matured and be developed and be released in my faith. Church is more about my future than my past. But then the writer goes on to say, I want to have meaningful fellowship with people of like faith. I want my wife to build friendships with women of virtue. I want my children to find their partner for life in God's house. I want my grandchildren to learn the paths of righteousness. I want my community to be served in a meaningful way. I want the lighthouse to be the church in a dark community. I want God's house to flourish and increase. I want to make better for my family. Amen? It says, so I choose to serve. There is something awesome about a person who can serve in whatever capacity required because of their love for the courts of the Lord. To serve a person, to see a person lay aside their worldly success persona and put on a servant's robe is truly magnificent. It is better. One day in God's house is better than a thousand anywhere else. Your children, now listen to this, this one spoke to me. Your children will learn their love for God and His house when you see, when they see you choose the better way. Better. It's one day in God's house. Because Jesus died for the church. You know, I believe that this house will flourish. God has given me so many dreams for, for our church and for our community that I believe are His will. I know that this house will flourish. But know this, that the strength of this house is not in its buildings, is not in its size, but it's in the connectedness of a community to God and one another. So today, I want to talk to you about getting on board. And the boat comes into play. There is a leader that inspires me. His name's Pastor Craig Drachelle. And uh, he, he uh, is now the leader of the Global Leadership Summit. He also leads the largest church in America. And he's the guy, uh, his church created the Bible app. You know, most people that have the Bible app, it came uh, out of his church. And, and one thing he said to me that really spoke about the, the genuineness of a community is he said this. He said, most people actually don't leave church based off theological differences, though some do. It's not the major region. They also said that the major reason why people leave church isn't to do with hurts, though that does happen. Church is full of people. But he said the major reason why people leave churches is because of lack of connection to the community. So he didn't just let that statement fly, but he then said something that I began to process in my spirit as I brought it to prayer before God saying, Lord, how do we do this within our community? He said, well, if connection is the number one reason people leave, and I want this place to have a very large front door and a very small back door so that people come in and feel connected and begin to be discipled and begin to be loved, no matter where they're at in life, no matter what issues they have, God loves everyone. And we're called to love our neighbour as ourselves. 
But he said that people leave based off connection. So how do you keep people connected? He said they need to be needed or known. And what that means, needed, from the perspective is you serve somewhere because then you are needed. We need people to serve this house. We need you to serve. But what happens is by making a large group of people a lot smaller when you join a team, because then all of a sudden when you're on that team, you're communicating with those people, you're catching up with those people. Not only are you adding meaning to what we do when we come to the place, but we're also serving one another. You see, Romans 12, 1, which was later in my notes, but I feel to share it now, talks about a scripture where it says at the end of it that your act of worship, that word worship in the original language is latria. That, that word actually denotes of service and it paints a picture of uh, service for hire. You see, when you worship God, you're serving God. And when you serve God, you're still worshipping God because they're one and the same thing. So as you join a team to serve, you are joining a team to worship God. Need to be need, but also known. And the way that you are known is by joining a small group so that there are people that can love you. See, as our church grows in size, we need to become smaller. Through connect groups is where you will be cared for and where you will do your caring. Do you know, this week there's been a person in our community and as we grow in size, uh, it's getting harder to connect with everybody. There's been somebody that's been sick I didn't know about. I thank the Lord I put that out there last week. But this is the thing. Someone in my connect group came to me to let me know and we were able to connect with that person this week. Why? Because we don't want anybody to fall through the net. And by joining a smaller group of people, no one misses out because they're able to be cared for and they're able to care, need or known. So today I ask you to get on board. You know, I have no problem asking because Jesus did. And we're going to have a look at that. If we go to the book of Matthew chapter 4. Has anybody ever been fishing? Give me a wave if you are a fisherman in this room. I've been fishing. I've been fishing on a boat once. I went fishing with James. So you guys, you've got to imagine, right? Let me just try and paint the picture for you. Someone's opened the balls. We'll get to them later. I'm just going to submerge myself in the balls. So we, we, we went out. Where did we go again, James? Eildon. Does anyone know where that is? I didn't before then. <laughs> so what happened, right, is I thought I would hate it because think about it. I like to be busy. So you're trapped in a small space. I forgot my fishing rod. It's, I've lost my fishing rod. And I thought I would hate it because I like to be on the go. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, April emerged at Lake Hilden, <laughs> bringing my fishing rod. Do you know that I caught five fish, but I was too scared to touch them? James did that part. <laughs> but what happened is as I was in the boat, I was laying there. The sun was hitting my face. I was lying down, wasn't I, Jimmy? I was actually very relaxing. And I thought to myself, I could be a fisherman. But here's the thing. A peer-reviewed article I read this week. Do you know that in the last 14 years, 
There's been nearly 700 deaths just in the US alone in the fishing industry. And then I thought, no, fishing for me. (laughs) But the reality is that fishing is lucrative. That's why people do it. But it's also very dangerous. You deal with a lot of machinery. Now, Jesus' first disciples that he called, do you know what they were? Fishermen. So we're looking at guys that are professionally in this industry. And Jesus calls them. I'm just going to find where I wrote it. So Matthew chapter 4, let's turn there. Jesus calls his first disciples. It's time to get on board. As Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and his brother Andrew. They were casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. At once they left their nets and followed him. Going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James, the son of Zebedee, and his brother John. They were in a boat with their father Zebedee preparing their nets. Jesus called them and immediately they left their boat and their father and followed Has anybody ever been interrupted? Give me a wave. Now, let's have a little confession session just before I start. Who is a chronic interrupter? You don't need to be so aggressive about it. I'm I'm, I'm confessing before one another. (laughs) I don't mind being the interrupter. I've got stuff to say, but being interrupted is annoying. (laughs) It's really annoying. Until it's not. The other day, April and I were travelling. We were off to Laverton, which is halfway for us between April's parents and us. And they had the kids and we wanted to drive halfway. Uh, They live in Geelong, so they would drive halfway. We picked the kids up. uh, They play in the playground and then we travel on our way. Now, April and I uh, hadn't seen each other for a couple of days. I'd been away uh, ministering and we hadn't seen the kids and we'd been disjointed as a family. So it was on in the car. We're all talking and telling stories and going really well and all of a sudden I'm on the Westgate Bridge the wrong way from home. (laughs) We added 45 minutes to the journey and I got a nod from April. So that's not an exaggeration. That is 45 minutes accurately. And what happened is I had wished in that moment that someone could have interrupted my journey in order to send me in the right direction. How often are we on the journey of life and and, and we feel like God is calling us to actually set us on a course for where we need to be, but we feel it's like an interruption. If you think about this scripture, what I love about the picture that it's painting is it says here that one group of brothers were casting a net, the other one were preparing a net. They were in the middle of the Monday to Friday grind. They were working faithfully. They were doing what they could. And Jesus shows up to interrupt their life, to set them on a new course. Does God interrupt? Uh, Well, let's ask Saul. Well, he was looking after his father's donkey. What about David? He was keeping his father's sheep. Matthew was working as a tax collector. Moses was tending his father and Lord flock. Gideon was threshing wheat. Elisha was ploughing a ground. Does Jesus or does God interrupt? Absolutely. 
It's not a question of whether God will interrupt. He doesn't wait for your life to have room enough to serve Him. He doesn't wait for you to grow in your capacity. But what He does is He will interrupt to set you on a better course. The question I ask is, are we listening? Are we hearing the call? You know, I think about it as often, it's like we're wearing a cloak and on that cloak has got all the things we weigh up when God calls us. On that cloak is, oh, I've got a big mortgage, I need to work overtime or I've got the kids' sport and the dance lessons and I've got to catch up with that friend, I've got to build my career, I've got to build everything. So then when God calls, all of a sudden we have this weight of things that Paul actually talks about in Hebrews that we need to cast off. You know, I love the story about Bartimaeus. It says, it says that when Jesus called him, he threw off his cloak. But why that was so exceptional is if he was blind and homeless, that may have been his only possession. That may have been his only source of protection from the cold. But yet when Jesus called him, he didn't weigh up what he had. He threw it off in faith going, the course that Jesus is about to set me on is better. So in faith, he threw it off. How often are we hindered when God calls us by the things that weigh us down that we should throw off in order to get on board. They were casting nets. They were preparing nets and God called them and they were ready to answer the call. Now, I'm not saying give up your trades. I'm not saying give up your works. But what I am saying is, have you allowed God to interrupt your day-to-day life with kingdom purpose? because this place can provide an opportunity to do that. It says at once and immediately. Jesus calls the first group and it says that at once they left their nets and followed him. Then he goes down to the second group of brothers and it says immediately they left their boat and their father to follow him. We have no time to waste. Don't count the cost. Answer the call. Because my Bible tells me, seek first the kingdom of God in Matthew 6 and his righteousness and everything you need, what you need will be added. Jesus says, follow me and I'll make you fisher He didn't say, follow me, I'll catch all the fish and James will unhook them. He said, follow me and I'll make you fishermen of people. I want to give you an example with this boat. Dave, I might use you. All right, what we have here are coloured balls. We purchased these because we can then give them to the kids' department afterwards. But for today, these balls will represent fish. So what we're going to do is let's put a whole bunch of fish in the sea, Dave. Just put them out, man. I'm allowing you to make a mess. Well done, youth director. Just get out there. Doesn't matter. Let them go wherever they are. It doesn't matter how far they are from God. It doesn't matter if they come at you with a bad attitude. (laughs) Hey, 
Turn the other cheek, man. Learn from me. Okay, what we're going to do, did we, Pastor Geordie, do we have a countdown? No countdown. All right, we're going to count down together. Get in the boat, my man. David is no standing up. He's crushing my balls. It came out all wrong. People laughed way too quickly when I said that. Way too quickly. Okay, this is what we're going to do. We're going to do a countdown from 15 as a group. What you ought to do is you ought to get out the boat and gather as many fish as you can in 15 seconds. Can we all count down together? Now stay with me, this has a point and it's a good point. We'll get the keys up after and we'll be all spiritual, but hang in there. We'll even get the keys player ready. I'll give you the nod, I'll give you the nod. It'll transition beautifully, it'll be seamless. All right, can we count down 15 seconds, are we ready? When we start as a crew, a family, Gather as many fish as you can. Ready? 15. 14, 13, 12, 11, All right, stop. David, I feel there are a lot of balls to start with, um, but you did well. All right, so let's take them out. I want to I now, while we're doing that, would you please invite an extra friend? Just talk him into it. All right, great, good choice. Two youth guys slash security. I want you both to start in the boat. Start in the boat, both of you. Don't fall over the boat. I looked at Marie real scared, but everyone that just came out of me. Um, okay, 15 seconds, boys. Go. 15. You're missing, David, you're missing. Great, great. All right, one more. Mark will get you to come up really quickly. Really quickly. That'd be good. Jackie, if you could come up really quickly. Everybody needs to start in the boat. This is the last one. And then the keys. All right, get in. All right, ready? You are in the boat. Fishing. 15. Brilliant, brilliant. Give them a hand, take your seats. Awesome. I'm glad most of the majority of the congregation are not in the music team. They have timing like me. I used to play the drums and every song used to pick up pace as I would get a tired calf muscle. Okay, 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 okay. So I actually had a moment with God this week. Um, you know, I bought the boat, not really knowing why. Got to be honest. I wanted the theme to be get on board because I wanted to inspire you to do that with this place. And what happened is as I read the Word and I pondered on Scripture and I looked at the boat and I pondered on Scripture and I looked at the boat, I felt the Lord go, I want you to look at some of the different angles of this same situation. So it led me to Mark. Mark chapter 1, verse 20. 
It says this. Without delay, he called them and they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired men and followed him. Now, I want to ask you a question. Who gathered more fish, Dave by himself or Dave with four people? Who, who gathered more fish? Not four people. None of them would fit in the boat. Dave with four people. Why? Let's have a look at Zebedee. It says, without delay, he called them and they left his father Zebedee in the boat with the hired men and followed him. Zebedee was a professional fisherman and he understood the more people that were on board, the more fish that he could catch, the more influence, the more that he could bring in. The more people on board, the more fish you can bring in. Jesus said to you disciples, if you follow me, I will make you fishermen of men. The point of today is the more people that we can get on board, the more fish that we can catch for the Kingdom of God. Because fish equal people. And Jesus died for them. And too long do I feel that we have been comfortable. Can I ask you today that you would get on board? so that we can reach more people for Jesus. This isn't to build our kingdom. This isn't to build your kingdom. This isn't to build a name. This is so that there are people out there that are walking around, that are living a life that is lost, that is lonely, that is broken. And you are in the boat. You have the answer. And Jesus says, if you follow me, I will make you a fisherman of people. But we need to get on board. So today, I actually give you the most practical altar call of all time. On the back of every chair is this slip. It says connect groups. So I want you to grab that out. And what's going to happen is I want the hosting team to begin to distribute pens. I want every person in the room, if you're able to grab one of these, and I want you to take a hold of it. As much as we had fun with that today, it is actually very serious. There are people that are hurting. There are people that are lost. And Jesus said to, to His disciples that if they follow Him, we follow Him, that we'd become fishermen of people. Zebedee knew the more people on board, the better. So there's two ways that we want you to connect at our church. The first way is we want you to join a connect group. Please understand if you want to be connected at the moment, you are at church. But there is an expiration date on your attendance and connection to this community unless it goes deeper. The way that it goes deeper is that you begin to connect with people here at a deeper level so they can pray for you so that they can walk with you so that they can encourage you. Connect groups are about two things how you will be cared for and how you will do the caring. Because let me explain. There would be just under 300 people in this room today. My desire is that the connect group that you join twice a year, you're going to pick someone in your community to love on. Hey, I've got a friend of mine that I work with. Uh, currently, their kid is sick. Hey, as a community, uh, together as a connect group, could we go and help them? 
hey, I've got nothing to do. Well, let's go and see Pastor John because Pastor John has got a list of community things that we can go and do. So as you care for one another, you will twice a year, one day, twice a year, care for someone outside of this place as a community so that when you're unwell, your connect group will care for you. When they're unwell and struggling, your connect group will care for you. And then together, your connect group will care for the community. And then once a year, we're gonna bring every single connect group together and we're gonna have a day of hope where we really try and do something big to bless the community. My desire is this, would everybody feel, even if you're in a connect group right now, down the bottom, there's three things we ask. Your name, your phone number and your email and then tick the box below, just allowing us to follow you up. Then what I want you to do is if you're already in a connect group, great, tick that. But if you're not, I want you to fill it in now so that when you leave this place, what's gonna happen? We've got beautiful people with T-shirts on that say connect with us. I want you to go and talk to them. It may not necessarily mean you're joining their connect group, but they're gonna help you find one. Everybody needs to belong to a smaller group in this place. That's the connecting part, the known. If God's gonna bring in more fish, we need more people here on a Sunday to be able to help bring them in. So what we have in the foyer, in the, in the cafe today, we have put on some food. I wanna encourage you all to stay and eat and connect and celebrate and have fun together. But then what there is, is there's gonna be the Sunday ministries. There's the coffee and catering. There's the hosting team. There's the music team. There's the children's department. There's the youth department. What we want to do is we want you to fill in, just leave your name with an expression, I'm willing to serve. We need people to get on board because the more that are on board, the better we'll do things for when people come in that Jesus is calling in. He's bringing them in for us to catch. But we need everybody on board. Can I ask you this as the leader of this community? I promise we will do our absolute uttermost to never burn anybody out. And you just need to communicate with people. But could I ask, there is, a, there is great wisdom in many hands make light work. Could I ask, if you're not serving anywhere today, before you go home, my desire would be that everybody in our community is in a connect group and everybody in our community is serving in some way. Then what we've done, and I wanna put it out there, we are striving to get to everybody that puts their name down within a week. And if you're not contacted within a week, contact us, we will get onto it. We are doing our absolute best to set up follow-up systems. We've got it ready to go in order that no one slips through. This is a practical altar call, but this is me trying to get you active in your faith. Jesus didn't say to the disciples, come and follow me and do nothing else. That's like following Jesus, but coming to church and doing nothing else. He said, follow me, I'll play my role, and then I'll give you yours. So can I pray? And then we'll stand, we'll release early. Not gonna make it spiritual. Today is practical. I want you to grow. So when you look in Ephesians, when it talks about the, the equipping gifts in, in Ephesians 4, it talks about that the gifts are given to the church uh, to, 
to equip the saints, that's you, for good works. But then as you read down, you realise that the good works are actually about your maturity. In order for you to mature as a believer, you need to serve because it builds something in you. Then I want you to connect so that we can love you and love you well. Could we all stand? Going to release all those with T-shirts. You can head out and get ready to catch the abundance. Now I'm praying, I'm praying, and we have in the background Connect Group leaders ready to go. If we get an abundance, which I believe we will, John's been believing it all week, Pastor John Graham oversees Connect Groups because Connect Groups are going to be so closely related with pastoral care and community outreach. This is going to be a practical way that we can begin to love our community and love one another and love and serve God, most importantly. So let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I love you. Jesus, we live to honour and serve you. Let your name be made famous. Father, we don't catch for us. We catch because we know that you gave up your life for the church. You gave up your life for the hurting. You gave up your life so that people that have been separated from God can, Father, be in relationship with you. But Lord, you said to your disciples that follow me and I'll make you fishermen of men, fishermen of people. Father, we are Christians, followers of Jesus. Help us to get on board so that we can bring in more fish, people that love you, so that we can be active in our faith. So Lord, I pray for every person that has been coming, Lord, but not necessarily...